You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley Martin with the Screener Squad and move over, Emma Frost. Mona Lee is taken to the streets and she's doing crazy stuff with her mind. Or she's not doing anything with her mind and she's just expressing the control that was over her entire life outwardly onto other people. This is Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon starring... Jean Zhang Xiao as Mona Lisa Lee, Kate Hudson as her companion of the night, Bonnie, and everybody's favorite officer and just all around excellent comedian, Craig Robinson as Officer Harold. Mona Lisa Lee has just escaped, I suppose you would call it a mental institution, yeah. where she was under a major duress, pretty much strapped into a straitjacket and treated like a chia pet almost before her escape she was able to escape with as i mentioned before superpowers and now she walks the night looking for a new life with me today to uh, dissect this art piece from director writer anna lily amapore who uh, achieved major fame from the 2014 film a girl walks home alone at night with me today to discuss this Someone who would never make a wrong decision with telekinesis. Wright is with us. Ooh, right all the way. Right all the way. And someone who's always sure, certainly, would tip his waitress at a diner or a strip club, I suppose. Do they have waitresses at strip clubs? Yes. Frank is with us. <laughs> hey, how's it going? I love Kate Hudson. I would... And someone who always puts the kinesis in telekinesis, Tessa is with us. Ahoy, ahoy. So, I didn't see The Bad Batch, but this is a follow-up for me for the A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I think they're both fantastic. I'll let the cat out of the bag. I loved both of these. Really? Uh, The one about Iran hit harder because I've read some brief Iranian history to really appreciate my own life. This one hits in a different way, but does still have that same, I'll say, moody, violence is everywhere and it will find you vibe, unless the power of love can conquer it. Sesharine nonsense aside, what did y'all think of Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon? One of the things I appreciate about this film is, in every film that I watch, is the um, what they do with, with uh, sense of place. 
And I think this one, I love this vision of this, you know, desolate landscape. It was, there's just desperation and despair everywhere. And this takes place in New Orleans. And it would have been so, so easy to just, you know, as every film set in that city does, romanticize it. At least a few times I've been to New Orleans myself is like, oh, wow, they really captured uh, Bourbon Street really well. Just like. It's uh, dirty. It can be really gross. And, um, but I mean, I, I love New Orleans at the same time. Just saying, like, oh, Bourbon Street is very similar to like Sixth Street here in Austin, where it's a hellhole. And then, I, uh, you know, you go down there, it's like a fucking zoo. And the same thing, like with Bourbon Street, yeah, you'll see some pretty gnarly stuff going on. And, uh, they do capture that well, like the griminess and the, the, the really, I think the, uh, the punk rock nature. Of, uh, of, I guess, her Anna Lily uh, Amiapur, her uh, style. I mean, it's evident from her first movie, uh, the, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, that uh, she, she, you know, all her characters always wear, uh, what is it, Converse. Uh, and uh, I was kind of surprised that she, uh, uh, Mona Lisa Lee, didn't uh, ride a skateboard at one point. But um, I, I'm, I'm glad that you liked this, uh, guys, but... Uh, Gosh, I thought this was boring. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of with right uh, on this one. I wanted to like it more. Um, mm -hmm. It started really strong, like the cinematography at the beginning, and um, it was real stylized, and the colors were bright, right. and then it just kind of as it, work, the camera work, you know, the way it's in your face. I actually, I, I really like, I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I. I've seen it better in a Terry Gilliam, Gilliam movie. Uh, it, it seemed like she was taking. Gilliam? Well, it's it's been like a good thirty years since a good Terry Gilliam movie. No, I mean like in a, in because he uses such like wide lenses, it'll do sure. those kind of shots where it's just like in your face. And I get what she's doing, and it, I'm assuming this was shot like probably during the pandemic at some point. So really, just like uh, you know, tight set probably with not a lot of actors and not a lot going on because. I also I was assuming this was going to be very different. Uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a, let's say, vampiric nature. Uh, but I guess she's already done that. Oh. But Tessa, please, you're going on. Or Sorry. werewolf because of the blood moon. <laughs> or werewolf too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, with that title, it, it kind of evoked something. I mean, mm -hmm. it is does have some supernatural sort of elements to it, and yeah. we never really get an explanation about her powers other than like. She was in an insane asylum. Maybe she was experimented on, you know, like, or it's kind of yes. starts out b being a little bit like Carrie, maybe sort of vibe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. That's a, that's a stumbling, stumbling block for me is that, that we never explored her. We never yeah. explored who she was. There's no reason for us to explore the Kate Hudson character or the or the, the kid more than 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 her you're she's just a prop at that point i think that some of the writing is for the kid is either like really adult nuanced or he's like it, it kind of like just flip-flops all over the place the kid's either pr pretty good but also sounding like he's talking more like an adult or the acting isn't very good and he's talking more like a kid and there's not really a happy medium for this child actor I feel like like the writing just wasn't for his age you know I was just gonna say that's Evan Witten as Charlie I agree a lot of the times when he's alone and having to give his own exposition about the story it's very much like a child doing I thought a very good performance but when he has to engage with 
say, Ed Screen as Fuzz, he actually comes across as a real child that's like, what is this man? And does it have candy? You know, sort of strange. Because <laughs> if I had to guess his age, I'd say anywhere between six and eight. But based on what he's doing in this plot and how he engages with Mona Lisa almost as not the adult in their relationship, but someone who feels like he has to protect her or be responsible for her. That sounds like a 12 year old's plot or a 15 year old's plot. Even I loved the scene between him and Mona Lisa. I really felt that they were um, kindred spirits in a way that there were these these two lost children essentially who, who found each other. And, um, and it's a shame that that happened so late in the game. Um, because it could have been a, a, an entirely different. It could, it could have been the fairy tale, had it been these two souls like finding each other. I love it when I see like movie stars and I don't see them, and I feel like I didn't see her. I mean, uh, everyone has their own opinion, but I, I feel like I didn't see the typical like rom com Kate Hudson. I didn't see the what that what's that ten Hollywood guy in ten. I, like I didn't see any of that. Ten things I hate about or, you. No, how to lose a guy yeah, in ten I didn't days. See any of that Kate Hudson in in this movie. I, I you know I saw a character actress, which I I, I really appreciate. But I love what this movie does with the characters because I thought that she was going to be like the savior, uh, in a way. And no, she's just using her. Um, the worst, the absolute she, worst. And, uh, well, she's just she's just trying to survive trying as to survive. well. And what I like about her character is that at the end she does have some self awareness about her, and I I, I I don't take self awareness for granted in a character at all. Like you know, there's something when she says, like, "Yeah, I know I'm a piece of shit. I know I'm this bad." Um, for me, that mm-hmm. that makes my heart bleed. That someone who's who's that's someone who's given up on themselves. They're, they've succumbed to like what they what life has like turned them into. But but by contrast, I love the the fuzz character who ends up becoming this sort of like savior sort of yeah. like character. That I love the, I love yeah. what he does with, with with those like stereotypes. I was ready to write everybody off in a certain way when I first saw them. Yeah, I liked I liked his character actually quite a bit. I think he was like probably my favorite character. Uh, I do want to say real quick, Fuzz, played by Ed Screen, is one of the first human beings that Mona Lisa she meets that isn't immediately looking at her like, "What can I do with this? How can I use this thing to my advantage?" He actually treats her very human, and his whole thing is just let's vibe and live. He doesn't know her powers right. though. I don't think he knows. That's why he doesn't use her. He has no you think idea. That's the only reason he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he tried to get a kiss out of buying her some cheese puffs. He's still kind of a creep, but a, a sweet creep. <laughs> That's true. Right. That's true. Like he's, like he's got, like, really, I mean, other than probably getting laid, he's got really no ulterior motives. And everyone, I mean, for the most part, everyone she encounters well, watches some, wants something from her. Right. It, well, exactly. Yeah. I feel like Fuzz was kind of like what James Franco was doing with Spring Breakers, except Fuzz wanted to be more of a human being and less of an alien. Pun intended. <laughs> uh, I think that, um, <clears throat> yeah, the a lot of the ancillary characters, or the, the side characters, all again, just kind of slow it down. But I think even to what you're talking about, Tessa, even further from just like the kid, I think the the writing wasn't as strong because if you really start to think about it, and maybe this is just me, but it seems like she's already made this movie uh, with a girl who walks home alone at night. It's like a, an, an outcast, an outsider that is now experiencing the the world that they live in and and getting entangled in it. And, Were you uh, all uh, afraid of Mona Lisa? 
or Mona no, Lee? No, no, I was fascinated by her. I wanted to know more about her. I wanted to explore her more. I feel like we did. We got a little bit when um, Officer Harold was going through her file. We we glean yeah. a little bit, like oh, she's been through the foster system and she's had a rough time of it, and you know, she's like from North Korea, I think. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. there's some they they put it in there, you know, subtly, you know, but it's still there. Yeah. Well, let's carry that and to our final thoughts. Right, would you start, please? Yeah, I um, I I, I really wanted to like this because I do like uh, uh, Amir Amir Poor's uh, at least her first film. I I also did not see the Bad Batch, but I did not hear a lot of good things about it, so I kind of like steered away. And um, and then this was coming out, and I was excited because I I think she does have like a, a great eye for the most part. I really find her very interesting her like kind of um alex cox-esque uh approach to the stories and i i was really excited but in the end i felt like it was just really dragging unfortunately and i didn't care about like any of the characters which is not fun to watch an hour and a half movie (laughs) with not really caring about anyone and uh yeah i and i thought some of the Honestly, the the filming was a little shoddy. It just felt like I got a I got a wide wide lens and let's use the hell out of it. I was like, all right, got it. And also, I start to think about like you the what's the question of the film? Like, what is it challenging you? Is it saying is like, oh yeah, you need you should have free will. You should you should be free, right? I was like, well, we get that like in the first like two minutes, and like the thesis of the film is done, and then the rest of it's just like, well, every everyone else is shitty, right? And like, yeah, we got it. We got it from like the first two minutes, and like, what what else? What are we saying here? Like for the rest of it, it's not like I'm like, you know what? I don't know about free will, but <laughs> I. Uh, so I I uh, I wish I liked this more, but I'm gonna give this uh, uh, three out of ten really sloppy hamburgers. The sloppiest. The sloppiest. Frank. Like right, I wanted to like this more. I really wanted this to be the fairy tale that uh, I was hoping it would be. Um, I will say there are some things that that. That this director does right. I think the score is really great. I think uh, the cinematography, the colors um, are really vibrant, and I love when I said it before. I love when when there's such vibrance, vibrancy on the screen when there's such you know hopelessness and despair being played out. I love that contrast. I always find that so fascinating. Um, and there's some great shots in here, and there, there there's some good energy. I feel like that like that the camera is almost like pulsating even when you know nothing in quotation marks is happening um and again i love the this portrait of new orleans this is not like you know wasn't there like a jack reacher that shot in new orleans and you know it's like you know you know yeah exactly like isn't like you know like, like all, you know all those like you know those glamorized romanticized versions of new orleans are just like oh, come on now and i i like that this was like this was grimy and it was gritty and you know these are the people that you will find there unfortunately i don't think that it's funny that you talked about caring about anybody i don't think we, we we're kept at such a distance from every character here really we're tossed out traits about them or little hints about them but we don't know enough about anybody here to um to really form any like valid opinion about them that the the craig robinson character who is ostensibly the most um um 
heroic, and I hate, I hate, I hate using those terms. They're so beauty pageant like, like, you know, likable. They're very meandering well, words well, that you likeable, could use. Well, likable, unlikable, that's like, that's, that's a beauty pageant. So I was like, well, they didn't smile enough. I mean, that's just like, that's such an elementary way to read humanity. But, you know, he's essentially a, here just to move the plot along, just to chase her. I mean, no one here has a real function, and that's a real problem um, for a film that wants to say something about society and humanity. Um, it does at times, it, but only in brief glimpses and you know brief flashes. Otherwise, you know, this was a missed opportunity. It could have been something that was even more surreal, um, more beautiful, um, more telling. This could have been something really great. Um, this should have made me cry. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. It should have. It should have. It made me just wait for it to be over in the end, which was a shame. I was crying for another reason, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm crying because I could be watching something better right now. <laughs> could, could you, though, in September? Yeah, I could have. I could have. But then I also reviewed See How They Run this, this week, and that was also a dog. Yeah, there you go. Um, See? Ooh. Could you have? Yeah, well, that was a dog. But anyway. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give this a 5 out of 10. Um you know, chances that I'm five out of ten second chances I'm going to give to Kate Hudson because Knives Out two looks really fun, and she looks really fun in it. The whole cast looks fun, and so hopefully that'll make me forget about this and just be, you know good old fashioned time on Netflix. All right, yeah, Tessa. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm not sure what all to add to that or hasn't been said. I. I like right. I feel like it drug a little bit. Um, like Frank, I feel like it could have been more supernatural, more of a fairy tale. Um, I yeah, I, I mostly I felt it kind of dragged a little bit. And the cinematography at the very beginning started very strong, and then it kind of got a little weaker as it went along. Um, I mean, yeah, the music was great. Um, the director uh, has great taste in music. Um, and the casting was interesting. Um, I just don't know what else I can really say about it that it, what let me down, like verbalize really kind of like what let me down about it. Because I think I think Wright kind of touched on it a little bit as far as like what was the theme? What was the moral? What did we learn at the end? And, you know, uh, and as far as what happened with that kid and what his, what choice he ended up making and and what happened to our main character um i don't know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a head scratcher as far as like did this achieve what it struck out to do i suppose um i would say i would probably give this 5 out of 10 uh that's not a puddle of water don't step in that <laughs> so yeah i probably like this the most but i can't really disagree with any of you I love those shots of the bayou, absolutely beautiful, but also the bayou is dangerous. You know, if you have a monocle, you can really kind of wear that, and this can be like baby's first pretentious, you know? Like, oh, why is Mona Lisa smiling? Indeed, why is she? But 
I was very happy to see that Kate Hudson can still act. I haven't seen her in like decades, you guys. I watched like five minutes of music and said, done. You did not. You know, you no. Did not watch, yeah, no, thank you. Did not you. Watch that is five trash. I be- I oh, yeah. I five, believe you watched five minutes of music. 90 seconds? I didn't oh, have my stopwatch. I really want to watch that movie badly. No. <laughs> All right. When Mona Lisa meets Officer Harold, she uses her powers to make him shoot himself, and for the remainder of the film, he is out for justice for who wronged him. But unlike Harold, Bonnie and Mona Lisa have no focus for their justice because they've been wronged by society. Put on your monocles and pay attention to the clearly painted portrait of this Mona Lisa picture. I was incredibly disappointed that her powers weren't leading towards any satisfying climax, as they did in, say, something like Carrie, Chronicle, or Akira. 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 And that bummed me out. I was actually very petty about that not happening. (laughs) And I shouldn't have been, because... I think you were justified a little bit. Right? But I really did like being like, oh, that's what this means. Because the film doesn't insist upon itself and say, you know what this means, right? It was kind of more of a, how do you feel about this kind of picture? And I always enjoy those because they don't make me feel so judged. So I'm going to give this one 7 out of 10 Da Vinci's handbooks. Now, who wants to go to an ATM? Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs)